Boom! What's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Very excited to be talking about carbon products from the air. We have Tito Jankowski joining us on the show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for coming on, brother. Great to be here. Very pumped, very pumped. For those that don't know Tito's background, he's co-founder and CEO of Impossible Labs, which is creating carbon products pulled from the air. And you can find the links below to the newsletter, as well as bynegative.com, that's bynegative.com, as well as impossiblelabs.io and airminers.org. And we'll be pulling those up as we talk. Tito, let's start things off with one of our favorite questions to ask our guests. What are your thoughts on the direction of our world? The direction of our world? I, uh, I found out this recently from the um, a presentation on the planet. It's A lot of people think that the, the planet kind of goes around around the sun, but actually in, in uh, in time, it's actually this, like, helix. Yeah. Um, I read the uh, Bucky Fuller presentation. So that's that's what's up with the world. Continual helix. Things are we're sort of at the same place, but also not. Mm. And then, and then, what um, what would you say about some of the pressing challenges that we face as a civilization and how to overcome them. Oh, they're great. These are the, these are the, <laughs> it makes the game these interesting. These are the coolest challenges we've yeah. ever had, right? I mean, this is, this is where it's at. This is like definitely the time to be born. I mean, the sky is, the sky is empty. We just see regular looking stars. Uh, you know, our, our planet, yeah, we've, we've figured out things like processors and uh, proteins, but we're sort of in between, in between those two things. We're, we're here and there's all this you know, ahead of us. So we're kind of writing this, writing this first paragraph of, of what we can tell is a really, really long book, <laughs> which, is, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And then um, you mentioned, you know, processors and proteins. Mm. What, are, yeah, what are some of the most um, important exponential technologies to help us get through the next, like, century, let's say? Next century? Um, Gosh, I, I think that uh, climate is a big one. That's what I'm, I'm mm -hmm. working in. Uh, I think trust is really important. Uh, the tools that we have for trust, uh, they don't—they weren't designed for the type of trust that we need now. Um, and everything that we're doing with carbon, whether it's um, uh, monitoring carbon, learning how to uh, learning how to use it more effectively, or, or pulling it out of the air, I think those those are key technologies that we we are just beginning to, to take a look at. It's really exciting. Yep, I'm super pumped to unpack that more with you. Let's jump into the journey. So you're born in Florida, then you moved to Hawaii at four, then you stayed there until you're 18, then went to Brown, and then moved to Silicon Valley. That's right. So tell us about this journey. Who were you as a kid, and what got you hooked into science and technology? What got me hooked into science and technology was uh, my parents are oil painters, and so uh, growing up in Hawaii, they would kind of you know, drag me out to go painting with them. They would go and sit in a sit in a cow field, like, you know, cow hanging out or whatever. They're painting the landscape, and I would just think about uh, just more more mathematical things. They're more uh, you know how, how do these things all start to fit together? What makes a cow a cow? Why is you know why is the grass blowing? Um, and just yeah, caught my caught my interest. Um, and, and kind of grew into an interest in science and technology. Biotechnology really uh, was, was an exciting uh, discovery just of, of, of the, everything is made of DNA, right? That, that grass, that cow, us, is all, there's this code that's is running all of us. Um, and then that, that grew into an interest in, um, in the planet as, as an entire kind of biological cell. How does that work? What, uh, What's the beauty in it? What what can be improved in it? 
Yep. And that yep. brought me to, to you today. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so let's, let's stay on that biotech, um, a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So then it was, you know, when you're, when you're, um, both in college and moving out here and you're really figuring out biotech is something that's so profoundly important. Um, what is it about biotech that is like a really mm -hmm. awakening thing for you? What's awakening for, for that is, and it's very similar to my, to my interest in climate is this feeling of a, looking at a Rosetta stone and saying, there is language here, there is knowledge here. We don't have it yet, but, but the, to, to be able to see there is a point where we will. And so sometime between now and then, there's gonna be this beautiful uh, ability to read, ability to understand, ability to write our own story, whether that's DNA with biology or carbon with the climate. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, so it's like we are um, gaining more authorship. Of yeah, right, right, story. authorship, cool. Yeah. Okay, I like okay, that. I like that a lot. Um, to move back just a yeah, little sure. bit. Okay, perfect, awesome. All right, and then um, let's hit on the mission of Impossible Labs. It's been three years now. Mm -hmm. Co-founder and CEO, and you're pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere. It's the greatest, uh, the greatest opportunity civilization I've ever seen, climate. You say that, that's what it is. Um, and people need to be handling these, these tangible things that we're gonna be talking about here in a little bit. So why don't you tell us a bit about what you guys are doing with Impossible Labs? Yeah, terrific. I mean, the, the, overall, there are a trillion tons of excess carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It's free. Nobody knows what to do with it. Nobody even really wants it. If we can figure out how to, to pull it out and to make use of it, we can change how the planet works, change our understanding of what, um, of, of we've, you know, we understand water, we understand kind of these macro molecules, but gases are still something that we, we struggle to deal with. And so it's kind of this final frontier of, of exploring uh, what, is, what are the mechanics that make this planet? And this is a trillion, you said, mm -hmm. tons of, of excess CO2 that that's can be right. sequestered. And is that, is that's excess, so that's, yeah. that's past what it, where it was. Yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. It's okay. 415 parts per million as now, of today. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and it was closer to like 300 yep. or so in the past. Okay, so you guys are exploring new business opportunities in climate change. Um, with this greatest opportunity that we have. And um, one of the things that you guys are doing is you're making these tangible physical products. Okay, so yeah, so walk us through these. Yeah, that's right. So, so this is made of carbon dioxide that was in the atmosphere that was pulled out. The little white dots are little beads of calcium carbonate and the carbon dioxide that's in that was pulled out of a direct air capture machine uh, up in Canada run by Carbon Engineering which is a, a company that's working to build these machines that can take molecules of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So a lot of times we hear about putting carbon into the atmosphere, and we, do a, we certainly put a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Um, but our ability to actually pull it out is, is just is really, it's an, emerging, um, it's an emerging discovery. How do we actually go the other way and start to, start to pull carbon and use carbon? Okay, and then the the, so these, this, this right here, this like container for this plant, these containers of the plants, you sold out within one hour of these because people like the idea of like a tangible physical 
asset that they can have in their home that says that, hey, I'm like, I'm partaking in the process of, of awakening with sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. That's right, and it's something that, you know, as, as a team, we were, we were always, when we started Impossible Labs, kind of searching for that. How do we, how do we plug into climate change? How do we grab onto it? How do we uh, just poke at it? And this is, this is I think, what, what people are seeing, is this is an opportunity to, to grab onto something that's just, it's been, it's been on the news, it's been uh, on TV, but it's never been something we can just kind of hold and say, what do you think about this? It's always been that somebody else is thinking uh, about and working on it, and now, now we can, now I can. Yeah, you it's, can. it's been like a PowerPoint um, or like a news story. Yeah, yeah, right. You gave this example to me before the show. You were like, there's like civilization, like 8 billion of us are like at the door trying to get in, but no one's making a handle That's for right. the door. And so these products are kind of like a step towards the handle for the door to get through the climate challenge. Yeah, exactly. Often working on the changing climate, it, it feels like, am I doing enough? Am I solving the whole thing at once? And I see a lot of people get stuck right there. And what we wanted to do was to unlock that and to say, look, here's, here's a, a place where you can grab onto it and start to, move, start to move the whole thing. I think we need more of those places that individual people can, can grab onto. There's certainly you know, a role for collective action, but I think individuals, single people doing a thing really is where, this is, uh, where things change. Yeah. And then, um, so batch two of these is coming up, mm -hmm. and batch two of these can be found at Buy Negative. That's right. We have a, a weekly uh, newsletter that you can sign up for where we talk about our prototyping. We're working on a, an up-and-coming product that's a, a bracelet that you can wear. Yes. Okay. And that's this one here. Okay. So the up-and-coming product is these bracelets that we can wear. Okay, and then teach us about the idea behind the bracelets. The bracelet was coming from the planter. We, we said, how do we help people, how do we give people a tool? Fundamentally, these are tools to have a conversation to change how you think. So we want to have something that you, you can keep with you. So I'm really into this, so I carry the planter. <laughs> you carry the planter on, you walked in, hey, I'm carrying a plant, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But most people don't want to do that. So we said, how do we take the same stuff and, and imbue it into a, uh, something that you can use? And so uh, we're, this is a prototype, mm -hmm. but we're working on using the materials that uh, startup companies are making that, that pull carbon from the air. They have a lot of these raw materials that um, people are still trying to figure out, how do, we, how do we use that? Things like cement or plastic. I don't buy a lot of cement. I don't buy a lot of just raw plastic. So how do we make those things that, again, that, that individual people can, can grab onto and, and use to, to better explore and be curious about the climate? And then what, um, what would you say on a, um, I want to explain this to people. We'll pull up um, airminersnow.org. Um, explain to us, um, this is an index of companies and projects mining carbon from the air, finally. Mm -hmm. There's like an index of mm -hmm. companies that's very exciting. And um, I want to know like for this and for, for these products, mm -hmm. explain to us how the companies are actually doing the sequestering of the carbon from there. How are they pulling? Certainly, the yeah. This is this is where we started our journey. Was around curiosity. I think that if you're if you're wondering how to change the climate and to be a part of that, I think curiosity is the the key. So we started out just learning about all these companies that were talking in some way about carbon and pulling it and doing something with it. Uh, we had a, we had a spreadsheet of all these all these companies, and we discovered, hey, this is something that probably hasn't hasn't really been put together in this way 
before. And so we created Air Miners, which is the index of companies and products pulling carbon from the air. So it was, it was just this, this immense curiosity that drove us to find these companies, connect them all together, and start to ask, well, what can we do with this stuff? And that's, that's where you really start to say, okay, how do we make, make things using the carbon that the air miners are pulling out of, out of the air? Yes, and then what is the, um, the method that uh, the carbon uh, miners are using? What, like, is there like a method that most of them are using that is most mm -hmm. common? Yeah, there's kind of two ways to look at it. There's biological pulling of carbon, and then there's um, synthetic or engineered. So biological is easy. If you think about trees, they're, they're pulling carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and they're using it to, to make their trunks and leaves so they can keep doing more of that. Uh, and then there's engineered, which is, can we build a filter or a, a sponge that grabs onto carbon dioxide, and then we can either put it in a tank or we can bury it, or we, basically we, we get this like 99% pure carbon dioxide, and that's mm. really exciting. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of the, the overall view of air miners. And what we wanted to do was we didn't want to curate it so much because we think for curiosity that what, what really matters is kind of stubbing your toe on stuff and bumping your head on stuff and just kind of seeing it. And so we put up every company that we could find that was doing any of this stuff. And you can sort them by the alphabetical, you can sort them by when they were added, but generally we don't take a stance on like is, is this company better or more successful or something. They're all, they're all the same and they're all kind of ripe for people who are curious to come along and say, wow, What's up with this? How does this work? Biological, engineered, making products, making carbon. How does mm -hmm. it work? Nice. Okay, so then um, the two biological and engineered are two big ones. And it, um, it, it seems as though there are plenty of uh, organizations now around the world that are doing things like uh, planting trees or that mm -hmm. they're, um, they're trying to make it so that all the phytoplankton in the ocean can continue staying healthy and doing what they're doing. Um, apparently, that's the source of like 70% of our oxygen pollution wow. on the wow. planet. Wow, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and then, on the other hand, there's the engineering. So there's, like you said, like making a sponge for the CO2 and then turning that into... Uh, the, so when you, when you do compress CO2, it turns into like a rock? Or how do they turn it into like... How do they take CO2 through it? Is it like a filtration? And mm. they're just like, no oxygen and nitrogen. We're only keeping the CO2. Like, how does that scientifically work. Yeah, you know? um, basically so there's, there's kind of two steps in that. One is capturing carbon, so, so separating it out from all the other stuff that's in air. So carbon is only, I think it's 0.04% of, of normal air, okay. uh, which is that's where you get that 400 parts per million. Mm. Um, mm. So there's capturing it and separating it. And then there's kind of what do you do with it afterwards. And so what's wonderful about the looking at across the breadth of air miners is you see companies that are specializing in the different different pieces. So some of them are just capturing carbon dioxide. And, and in terms of what do we do with it, they're kind of like, ah, maybe somebody else will figure that out. And somebody else is working on how do we make use of carbon? How do we actually use the molecules and then transform them into building materials or plastics or products? Okay, and um, how does, do we know how it works when they f do the separation of the 0.04% mm -hmm. of CO2? Do we know like how to get the oxygen, nitrogen out of the way and just keep the CO2? Yeah, a lot of the technologies right now are, are chemical separation. Okay. So you have um, a uh, material that will kind of grab onto carbon dioxide. Uh, and then that's a way to separate carbon dioxide out from everything else that's in the air. So in the end, it comes down to very simple chemistry. So the carbon, uh, calcium carbonate beads that are used in the, in the planter, those are actually sponges that are part of the direct air capture machine. So they get reused over and over and over again, grab a carbon dioxide, mm. then get heated up and release the carbon dioxide, 
grab a carbon dioxide, release it. So it's this, it's this cyclical um, technology okay. in, in that particular example. Okay, grabbing it chemically and yeah. then releasing it also chemically mm -hmm. into what is only then CO2. Right. Okay, and then from there then it, it's in a gas form. That's and right. And then we're figuring out how to turn that into a solid. Mm -hmm. How do we, do we know how we do turn it into a solid then? Again, another chemical change? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, another chemical change. I mean, if you, if you think about kind of the, the basics, it's carbon dioxide and oxygen. Carbon dioxide is carbon and oxygen. Diamonds are made of carbon. Mm. Um, we're made of carbon. So it's sort of like there, there are lots of examples lying about of, of things to do with carbon, but it's kind of murky in the, in the middle of it. We can see it's in the air. We can see it gets used to, to, as the building blocks of the planet. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're kind of figuring out and, and kind of de-untangling uh, what's in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And then um, the applications then are um, some of the companies that are um, part of air miners will do just one part of that process or some will do a lot of the process and then some will also do like the actual burying mm -hmm. of, so the burying is one aspect of it. So we can, so we can bury the, uh, the, salt, the rock then of CO2 back into the ground. You said it was an Icelandic company. That's there? right. Um, there's a company called Climeworks that is setting up a, a facility to be able to take carbon dioxide from the air, separate it out, and then inject it underground where it gets, it, it just merges and fuses with the rocks underground. So it's back to that trillion tons of carbon again. We can make products out of some of it, but the trillion tons is a lot, a lot of excess carbon in the air. And we're adding, we added the most ever in 2018. So we're just adding more and more and more carbon. Um, so some of it we need to use, and a lot of it we probably need to store. Okay, okay. So we can then use some as, uh, uh, like, for fuel, is that right? We can use some for fuel, mm -hmm. and we can store some in the ground. Um, we can wear some, that's kind of the idea, okay. Yeah, building materials, you know, you can imagine graphene, cars. Uh, just imagine kind of walking into a, uh, into a park and your, your frisbee is made of this material and your sidewalk is, is made of, of carbon that's been pulled from the air. Interesting. Uh, you can start to visualize what this, what this new world would look like and every day you have more and more of these uh, tools that are, that are pulling carbon from the atmosphere and we start to see instead of carbon rising every year, we start to see carbon either plateauing or even start to fall. That's the, that's the world where, uh, where carbon removal is successful. So we want to get it down from 415 parts per million down back to 300 and then after that then we are back to what is the most effective sidewalks and frisbees mm -hmm. and you said graphene was one of the uses so so it's not that it it's not that it may be the most effective uh, building block for mm. our environments but for now we want it to be a building block for the sequestration and get back to that like uh, homeostatic capacity of the planet where it was at the 300. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and this is okay. So on buynegative.com, that's where um, people can go and sign up again for the uh, the carbon products newsletter, and then you can find out more information about the little little guy that you see here on the table and the 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 prototype, which will soon be. Um, uh, something that people can actually buy and wear as well that represents um, their efforts in getting a tangible product that, that resembles their um, desire to sequester carbon and share that with other people. Cool.
All right, and then um, couple. Are you gonna yeah. leave that little plant with us, Tito? That's the one that I carry everywhere. But you're on the mailing list, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. So you'll you'll find out. We'll, nice. we'll uh, our studio definitely wants an uh, Impossible Labs, uh, yeah, a vase for great. a plant because um, that way we can also be the bragging. We'll keep it right on the center uh -huh. of the main table, and cool. we'll and we'll mention it and <laughs> be like, hey, uh, buynegative.com, like go and you know go and check this stuff out. Great, you let's know? make it happen. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. We're looking for sponsors. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's right. Everyone that's watching, yeah, listening. Yeah, if you want to carry this uh, season, we'd be more than happy to sell those. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You guys know. You guys all know. Yeah, including yeah, um, Tito and all the perspective people. Um, to grow and support the artists and entrepreneurs in your community is so important. Support simulation. All our links are in the bio. Um, yeah, carry, carry. Ron's like, yeah, carry the support. That's right. We, yeah, we, we, we need the help. That's true. Um, so, all right, let's hit um, a couple other thoughts. Do, 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 do. Okay, so um, you, were, you were teaching me this. I thought this was in, like, quite interesting. So once you do the process of like sequestering something like carbon, turning it into a product, the moment that you start shipping it around the world, it actually takes away from what you were trying to do, which was make something that was net negative um, carbon emission, but the process of shipping. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you, you manufacture a product and you put it on the back of an uh, internal combustion engine truck, that immediately starts to put carbon dioxide back in the atmosphere. Uh, and I think it's, that's, that's the beauty of, of making these products today is it's, it's a fun to be a part of the, the process of figuring this stuff out. Because right now, it, doesn't, it, it sort of comes together and you're like, hey, that's, that's not exactly right. And so it's really exciting to be able to be a part of that process and then to start to think of, of new ways. Well, how do we actually make a carbon negative product? How do we make yeah. something that overall pulls carbon from the air? A trillion tons of carbon dioxide isn't going to fit on everybody's risks. That'd be, um, Probably calculate how many pounds, how many tons of that's, and a ton is the weight of a car. So yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. car weights of this stuff. So burying the carbon dioxide becomes another option. So figuring out how to create uh, carbon neutralization by taking carbon from the air and and storing it underground, starting with uh, you know these, these facilities in Iceland. What would an ideal process look like for making a product that was net carbon negative? I think, I, I mean, an ideal process, you'd probably think about this in kind of the 3D printing world where it's like on-site, on-demand, you're minimizing the, the transportation costs, you're basically energizing, you're, you're avoiding any like excess energy usage. Yes. So you're like cutting out all these, all these middle steps. Yes. And then for me to get, it would need to be locally manufactured and then the me to get it, would, I would need to be local and take like walk or bike or mm -hmm. take some sort of a maybe even an electric transit um, still has a battery that after uh -huh. 10 years has to yeah that doesn't work as well and it needs to be recycled so yeah this is tough to figure out what is net negative that's right yeah yeah and what would be like a design of like a city that would be net negative would it be your massive 
green everything and composting and air like recycle like water recycling um all mm -hmm. these styles of processes uh, were not no emissions of internal combustion engines these are kind of like the things that you would see in like a future city yeah totally so so what negative is uh refers to is pulling carbon from the atmosphere so if you're thinking about uh technologies that are carbon neutral so if you switch from a internal combustion engine car to a electric vehicle, then your carbon emissions drop, but you're still not pulling carbon from the atmosphere. For example, if you, if you wanted to, so instead, if you, if you made your buildings, if you had a machine that would pull carbon from the air and uh, created uh, carbon-based buildings out of that, then you can imagine that that building itself would be, would be net negative, would be actually okay. pulling carbon from the air. You'd be, you'd be pulling carbon from there to make the blocks for a building yeah. or pulling the carbon from there to potentially use as fuel for right. heating the building, that type of stuff. Yeah, I like uh, Elon Musk's uh, brick store. So they're, they're mm -hmm. part, of the, part of the boring company. They're, they're digging these giant tunnels underground, or these long tunnels underground. And so they're selling the, the bricks of the, of the underground material. Um, so imagine having like a brick store for carbon. It's really fun to get into because it's um, so few people have, have worked on this and, and thought about this. So if, if you're curious about this topic, it's something that you can go on air miners, you can learn about, and you can just start to start to contribute to. It's this very you know, early, early industry that's emerging. So you can you know, make up funny ideas. Like, well, what if there was a radio show that was everything on set was made of carbon dioxide pulled from the air? Like, it's kind of a joke, but then it actually sounds like, well, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe, it, maybe, we, maybe we should have a radio show like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so then this is like the, yeah, like you said, this is kind of like the earlier, more formative years of air mining in general. Yeah. And, and so the ideas, the idea space for what can actually happen in the field is so untapped into. Yeah. What are the other like creative thoughts that you have around like where we could go with uh, untapped creativity in the air mining space? Sure. I, um, I certainly always go to, to like interplanetary travel and other, other planets. So mining carbon from the air is something that's certainly part of the future of Mars. Mars is, I think it's 95% carbon dioxide in their atmosphere or something. Yeah. Whatever it is, it means that if we have technologies to pull carbon from the atmosphere, those would be really well used on Mars. Similar to if you have technology to grab power from the sun, Hawaii is a great place to go and the North Pole is not a very good place. Mars is like a great place for for carbon capture and Earth every day is getting better. <laughs> you know, it's like heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> it's uh, ninety-five point three. Ninety-five point three. Yeah. Thanks for looking that up. Yep. So then, yeah, that the process um, of learning how to air mine is exactly what we need for interplanetary yeah, processes. Yeah. It's a way to look at a, an, an atmosphere, to look at a planet, and just to to see it as something that we can we can connect with, we can work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, exactly, so then what is the ecosystem of the planet that, how can we work within the ecosystem of that planet? Mm -hmm. So like on Mars, is we take the skills that we learn with air mining um, and CO2 here, and we bring those skills to Mars to help us uh, bring a civilization there. Right. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, that's more on the, that was more on like the, you know, really future yeah. uh, facing stuff. Um, 
what about the like the, the examples that you're giving us about the companies that are um, like where could where could people find their involvement? Um, like how can how can people get started with doing things like air mining? Like mm-hmm. even today, like here on Earth, how can people get started with the with this? Yeah, going to air miners, learning about seeing what the startup companies are doing. They're all really uh, great to talk to. So when we were first setting up air miners, we were emailing all the companies and kind of crossing our fingers, like, would anybody write back? Lots of people wrote back. People are really engaged and interested in this field. So it's a great, it's a great place to work. It's a great place to just uh, to read about and then to, to start to transform that into what might, what might you do? What, might, what role might you play? Maybe it's building one of these machines or being a part of testing it. Maybe it's using, using the products to, um, or designing your own products even. Uh, there's, there's, there's all these opportunities for, for a whole range of different people. I, I like to say that right now there's, there's a small number of people that are actually engaged and working on the changing climate. There's a lot of people thinking about it and kind of like waking up in the middle of the night frustrated about it. But in terms of like making, figuring out how to make it your, your day job or maybe your night job, um, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for, for millions of people to start, to start being a part of it. Okay, cool. So um, going air miners, reading and learning more. Um, and then, and then there, is, there, is there, would you say there's a like, <clears throat> would you say there's like a process for, um, for, for, uh, ones that want to creatively endeavor in the space is there like a think tank or a um, accelerator or uh, yeah are there ones like this that are specifically focused on the field we yeah. have a uh, question in regards to that oh cool Kamala wow Badi audience question asks um, if he was an investor what would be the pitch to him is that what we're talking about if he was an investor who if Tito if Tito was an investor no if if Kamal wanted to invest oh in oh well oh in impossible in sure okay what would be the pitch the pitch is that there's a trillion tons of excess carbon in the atmosphere everybody thinks it's a problem and it's actually an opportunity and we're going to figure out how to prove that oh that's great yeah nice and short I like that yeah yeah Mark O'Brien says hi too oh cool yeah hey, hey Mark. Mark nice um and then yeah, how about the uh, like accelerators, uh, yeah, uh, or think tanks? Like where, yeah, where can people uh, potentially like, yeah, are there any in the space? Yeah, um, obviously with Impossible Labs, we're we're doing some of that kind of think tank consulting work. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd check out Carbon One Hundred and Eighty, which is a nonprofit uh, just across the the bridge. Cool. They are working on Carbon Tech Labs, which is a, an accelerator program designed for companies working in carbon removal. Uh, I'd also check out Nori and O R I. They are a blockchain carbon removal company that has a really great podcast, and so those are you know those are places to connect to get that kind of to get that acceleration. I've seen that lots of kind of new people come in and they say, "Gosh, since I heard about this, I can't stop thinking about it." Like it's so kind of counterintuitive pulling carbon, or even just kind of seeing it as this this thing that we might want to grab onto. And I've just seen people really accelerate very quickly. So you know, in six months, you. Uh, you can become an, an expert air miner in a sense. Mm-hmm. And and then is it um, following that trajectory we were mentioning um, earlier in the episode? Is it kind of like we learn about all of the air mining technologies, capture these one trillion tons of CO two, bring ourselves back to three hundred parts per million? You know, really refine these different ways that we do that. Take those technologies to places like Mars. These types of things, put them in the civilization's knowledge pool, and then. 
we just build things that don't pollute mm -hmm. CO2. That's kind of like the future then afterward? That's right. So, so eventually you've pulled enough carbon from the air. Uh, one question that I get that I know is, is really funny is people ask, well, what if you cause an ice age? And so I think that really acknowledges like, okay, so that's, that's somebody who's really thinking about, hey, this stuff is going to work. And then if, because if we went to if you go you know, too 200, far, 100, yeah. like, you know, return to a very, very cold planet. Yeah. Um, so I, I think those are, those are fundamentally um, powerful advances. For one, because this is molecular manipulation. It's what you see in synthetic biology a lot. Right now, in carbon removal, it's done being, uh, it's, it's using kind of chemistry and phys very raw like physics. Um, but I think as synthetic biology comes along, you're gonna be able to see, because that's, that's what they're doing, is they're manipulating molecules. And so we're gonna get better at manipulating molecules. We're not very good at it right now. We're like, we're okay, we can do computer chips, which are like a few nanometers, but to really work on molecules, that's the age that we're in. And carbon fits in that, proteins fit in that, uh, biology fits in that. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Now, um, maybe another um, wrapping thought with the field is, um, the, the overall trajectory of our our civilization. What is another way that we can um, uh, remove our own like carbon footprint that we're emitting on a daily basis? Like, what are the simple ways that we can do that ourselves? Yeah, my I'm really interested in uh, like lab-grown meat. I think is, mm -hmm. is really promising there. Um, electric vehicles are cool. We looked into buying one um, for our last car. Um, things like that. I mean, it's, it's probably things that you've heard of. I, so, so to kind of step into things that you might not have heard of. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, pulling carbon from the atmosphere is still this uh, really exciting topic. Um, but overall, so, so really to push it, I would say look for opportunities to, to work on this stuff. Look for opportunities to, maybe it maybe means you read 100 books this year, but just like step into it. If the climate is something that you see as like somebody else is telling you what to do, it just doesn't... Hmm. It's not exciting and, and curiosity driven. So the more you can jump into it, if you really like food, great. Like scramble around your diet and like become vegetarian or vegan. If you like to drive, like look into electric cars. They're pretty freaking awesome. Uh, like find a way to find something that you're excited about or take the thing that you're already excited about, the thing that you talk about all the time and people are like, wow, this person really likes this. And just like Google that topic plus climate or plus carbon and figure out like how might we think differently about this because that's what we really need is we need jewelers to type in like oh well I'm a I'm a jewelry jewelry person plus carbon is like oh well okay what if you made diamond jewelry um, carbon sequestered carbon sequestered jewelry. diamond jewelry right you just you can kind of just like take what you're doing and tag on carbon and you'll come up with something that potentially and likely no one has ever even considered like love it live broadcast plus carbon like okay yeah, stuff what, like that what do we come up with yeah cool cool so another one of the things is to take different edges of what <clears throat> is known by us and uh, on our knowledge graph and try and plug these different totally. edges into carbon sequestration plus neuroscience or plus blockchain or plus um energy there's so many options healthcare mm -hmm. you know what yeah where could these things be applied yeah Okay, cool. And then um, let's ask a couple questions on the way out. Do you feel like we covered um, Impossible Labs well? Do we yeah, totally. Most yeah. of the stuff we needed to hit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The newsletter, I think, is would love to be, see people in the newsletter. Mark, who wrote in, is one, and Mark and Sarah, the determined are part of the, 
the newsletter team. So it's just, it's like, a, you know, we, every week we talk about exciting stuff happening in carbon removal and it's very, it's very personal. So it's not just like a, you know, uh, a reel of what happened. It's just more of a, it's a story about this adventure. So that's a great way also for people to get engaged and involved. Um, again, that's um, the newsletter is at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Tito hyphen carbon. So go and find that there. The link's in the bio, everyone. Okay, look. Should we take some, some more questions? Come out ask some more questions. Uh, okay, yeah, ask one of the questions, and then we'll dive into the end show. Well, yeah. he wants to know if can carbon capture recreate the reef or save it? Recreate the reef or save it? Good um, question. Can carbon capture recreate the reef or save it? Reefs, I heard there's interesting stuff going on with taking corals and putting them in a blender and then kind of spreading it out or something. Um, so I think there's some, some potential there. Um, but yeah, to do like the reefs plus carbon sequestration thing, um, reefs might turn out to be a really great way to pull carbon dioxide from the air, combine it with uh, calcium in the ocean, and to, to grow reefs. So maybe that becomes a place where we're comfortable and excited about pulling carbon from the air. Maybe our buildings and our sidewalks um, and, our, and our reefs. And it seems as though when we head down from 415 parts per million down to back to 300, that slowly there's a process of uh, healing that happens within the ocean acidification that's occurring. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's, that's not something that anybody has ever thought of, was reefs plus carbon sequestration. I've never heard that before. So, exactly. great. It's like you can come yeah. up with it and, you know, what's, what's your guess about it? Will it help or, or, or hurt reefs? He, he's also looking to invest uh, $5 billion. So. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, just uh, send us a check. Go to PayPal uh, at simulationseries at gmail.com and uh, we'll hook you up. Yeah, great. Also, what's Kamal's last name again? Uh, Lamadi. Kamal Lamadi? Yeah. He owes me $5. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, for that sandwich. For that sandwich. <laughs> Thanks for watching, Kamal. Thanks for watching, Kamal, Mark. Thanks for watching, everyone. We greatly appreciate it. Um, let's do a couple questions on the way out. Tito, Great. <clears throat> um, what do you think, where do you think we come from before we're born into the world? And what do you mm. think we go after we die? That's a big Zen one. There's that whole Zen koan. It's like, what's, what's your parents, what's your face before your parents were born or something? I mean, it's, it's we come from, we come from stardust. We come from... Stephen Hawking's calculation of what's right, what's right before the, the Big Bang. I think we come from that sort of energy bouncing around and, and uh, intelligent life is right now just on this one, this one spot. But it's obviously, there's a lot of spots to explore and to discover. Uh, what's the most controversial belief you hold? It still seems like the idea that climate is an opportunity, is something that for the people that are really into the environment and climate, it's, it's not, it doesn't quite sit very well to say, I think a lot of people are gonna come along and make a lot of money working on this. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's quite controversial, I yeah. agree, yeah. Not many people are thinking about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you just put yourself in those shoes, the world looks so different. Yeah, just as an the, opportunity. As an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just everything Rather becomes. Rather than something that is like, Oh my God, we're all dying, we're all dying. Even though that's like- yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Throw so, a little financial incentive to save the save planet. Save the planet, that's yeah. Right, that's right. 
it just that's what works for me is I get out of bed in the morning and I, I like I think about things that are that are exciting and fun and interesting. If it's a gloomy day outside, I'll just pull the covers up. You know, I mean, it's I, and and we need, to me, I think the the proof is kind of in seeing where the action is coming from. I, I don't see a lot of action coming from um, from from fear. It just it sort of gets it gets stuck yeah, yeah. and it becomes about it becomes about people or interpretations or, or relativity rather than exploration and curiosity and solutions. Love it. I love it. And this is exploration, curiosity, solution. This is this is that distilled down into a physical thing that you can say, okay, that's right. This is where it's at. This is the, the future is optimistic and driven by driven by real things that are being actually developed. Like these things aren't just somewhere in the future and maybe somebody will invent it. There's a machine up in Squamish, British Columbia that's working to pull carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. And there's machines all over the world and, and tools all over the world and drones all over the world that are learning to, to plant trees at a hundredth of the cost of having a, a person go and plant it. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm grounded in possibilism is this, this yeah. term I came across recently. It's from uh, Hans Rosling, who's a mm -hmm. statistician. Uh, and he really believes in possibilism, which comes from, it's more than, op it's more than optimism. Optimism is like everything's going to be great. But possibilism is grounded in, here's the things that are happening. You're seeing, you're, you're watching this show and you're seeing some guy who walks around with a planter that's made of carbon from the air. Yeah. Like, okay, that's, that says a lot about what's possible yes. in, the, in the future. Yes. And so embrace that, that possibilism. Yes, yes. So you carrying around the edge of what we're um, doing to solve some of the pressing challenges is, yeah, is you're yeah, constantly reminding people everywhere you go of that edge and, and oh, and increasing people's awareness. Yeah, that's great. Um, how about, do you think we're alone in the cosmos? Hmm. Math tells me that we're not, and, but I, my eyeballs tell me that we are. Because I look out in the stars and I say, okay, doesn't seem like I see any life. Um, but math tells me that there's a lot of stars and, and it seems like there should be life somewhere on one of them. Maybe not on the star, but on the planet around yeah, the star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you think we're in a simulation? I, I think it's more exciting and interesting to live in the first, the real deal first. Um, and again, that's that, that same feeling is like as a as a human being emotionally, I want to be the like one of the first to explore this, explore this game, explore this this universe. Um, but then mathematically, it's it's it could be very likely that we're in a simulation. But I definitely think more that we're not. And this is Good wow, for this you. is exciting. Good for you, Tito. Could be very likely the the nuance the nuance approach. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, what do you think is the most beautiful thing in the world? I like I like retinas. <laughs> I mean, they're very colorful and, and and textured, and they're beautiful. And if you spend time looking at them, I think you'll be a, a happier, healthier person. Wow. It's the first time we've had that answer on the show. It's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. I like that one. It is. It's. It's actually like proven to be. Yeah, thirty to sixty seconds of just looking at each other in the eyes is like just proven to be so much more. Really? Yeah, grounding for humans. Mm. And yeah, emotionally embodying you. Like, 
The, the whole thing where you're behind a computer keyboard, like trolling or yelling at other people, uh -huh. is like that gets canceled out when you look at them uh -huh. in the eyes for 30 seconds. You're like, wow, <laughs> this is another human that is like has their own complex mm, life, you know? Right. Yeah, versus behind this stuff is just, yeah. So that's a good one. I like that one. You feel that oxytocin. Mm -hmm. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> love, love, love. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Tito, this has been an excellent episode. I really appreciate it. Do we have another audience question? Um, no. Okay. But uh, Eugene Otto digs uh, Tito's climate optimism. I love it. And, Thanks, uh, Eugene. Kamal is working on a, a smart mobile game to capture 1% of what? To fund clean tech and organization that can save the planet and advance humanity. That's what we're working Great. on. So everybody Games. that's watching the show, thank you so much for watching and participating. We greatly appreciate and it. And be sure to send uh, your contribution to simulation series <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com. On, on PayPal. PayPal. Yeah, do, do, do hook it, it up. Um, yeah, literally a cup of coffee that you spend every single month um, can literally dramatically change the direction of our program um, and make it much much more effective for us to um, implement what you guys would like to see as a more optimal show so let's do it together um, Tito thank you so much for coming on yeah, it's great us. yeah we thank really you. appreciate it yeah th seeing things as an opportunity I love it. The one trillion tons of carbon, let's sequester that. Let's see it as an opportunity, everyone. Um, check out the links in the bio below uh, to the newsletter, as well as to buynegative.com, impossiblelabs.io, and airminers.org. Talk, talk about these things with your friends, your family, coworkers, people online on social media. Get talking about this as an opportunity. Get talking about it, sharing it, get building in the space. Where's the website to buy the mug? Oh, um, for this, it's bynegative.com, bynegative, bynegative.com. Also sign up for the newsletter because the batch two is going to be coming of these soon because they sold out batch one already. And the newsletter links in the bio as well. And support the artists, the organizations, the entrepreneurs around the world that you believe in. Support them in your local community. Support simulation. Our links are below. The five billion dollars a person. Yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, get it. Even the five bucks a month helps a lot, everyone. Seriously. Yeah, really, really dive in there. Ron Vogus, thank you very much for producing and directing. We greatly appreciate it. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you soon. Peace.